want to talk to you today about Jesus. I want to talk to you about how important he is. And I was walking through the hall and out of the restroom came Mr. Crossley and his son. And his son was packing a book that I had just read. And it's, uh, where are you? I want you to stand up and wave it. It's called the, the Why. Is that, what's in it? Start with Why. And it's one of these business help books to get you pri- on priority. And it's actually really good. I'm not here advertising an infomercial for a book, but because I want to talk to you about this book. Because this book helps us prioritize. And um, if we put Jesus first in our lives, we'll be better off for it. Before I became a Christian, I thought that was just for religious people who didn't have anything else to do on Sunday, so they just would go into this religious thing. I had no idea how captivating, how enjoyable, how beautiful it is to serve the Lord. Had I known, I would have gotten saved sooner. I became a Christian at 16 years old, and uh, if I had to do it over again, I'm not one of those guys that laments about the past, but I would have preferred to have gotten saved earlier. I feel that way about my wife. I wish I knew her her whole life because I so enjoy being with her, you know, and I see people that have, you know, met each other and they met each other in the third grade and then they, you know, they got married and I just think that's the best. And I think it's the best when people walk with God every day of their lives. Like David, King David, he said, I was young and now I'm old. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's people beg for bread. He said, from youth... From, from childhood to preteen to teenage, young adult, adulthood, you know, middle-aged, senior life, throughout the spectrum and a span of experience, the Lord's been good. How many of you say the Lord has been good to you? How many of you say he's the most dear and wonderful element in your life? Let's just really dust that off and say this with me. Jesus is Lord. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. He's central to me. He is the why of my life. Okay, so I want to go to a couple scriptures. This is called the Jesus series. And on Sunday, I'm going to be talking about Jesus uh, to help you guys. It's going to be practical. It's going to help you fall more in love with him. To know him is to love him. And... um, you know, Paul said, oh, that I might know him. Uh, it, it, Jesus, in, in his last week of life, is, is what they call priestly prayer of John chapter 17. In verse 3, he said, and this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So uh, I knew about my wife before we really met. I heard about her a little bit. I watched her. I was interested in her. But getting to know her... And is different than knowing about her. Getting to know someone is different than getting to know about someone. About someone is just sort of clinical, distant, and it's just, you know, sort of facts. But uh, God is actually redeeming humanity so that we can enjoy a covenant relationship with him. Christianity is really, the why of it is so that God and sinners would be reconciled through the sacrifice of Jesus. That's why we need to understand and know who Jesus really is. Um, One of our great presidents, President Thomas Jefferson, um, in his era, he sort of semi-acknowledged the value of Jesus, 
but to a point where he did something called the Jefferson Bible, where he decided to sift out all the miracles and just put in the ethics. And I actually got one of those, and I felt like it was flat like a Dr. Pepper that had the cap off all summer in the garage for three months in 100-degree Missouri heat. I took a sip out of it, and it was like, you know, no disrespect, President Jefferson, but you were off. God is the miracle-working, amazing, a mighty, holy God. No matter who says it, no matter who tries to downplay it or dilute it, we need to understand really who Jesus is. And I was talking with some people in this very building a few weeks ago, and they come from a movement that acknowledges Jesus in, in a way, but then upon further investigation, uh, important things are not there. Like, they think he's not just the king of kings, they think he's the, the, the king of this planet, and there are other planets with other kings. They think he's the brother of Lucifer. Now, that's problematic, because he's not the brother of Lucifer. So the, as nice and as sweet as the people are, and as, you know, as committed as they are to their ideas, we got to make sure that we know what we know, and that we're fully persuaded in our own mind, and that we judge scripture with scripture, right? And so this will help us to be deception proof. And the best way I know how to do it is by answering the, the why and the question of who and what and where and so forth. So here's the context. Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to read verses 13 through 8 through 19, and then John 14, 1 through 7. The gospel according to St. Matthew and the gospel according to St. John. And, it, and I'm going to talk to you. Uh, about uh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I'm excited about Jesus. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? What's the general consensus? What's popular opinion? What's the viewpoint? What's, what's the perspective? What, what are people saying? Well, what are, what's their impression so far? The disciples looked at him, looked at each other, thought about it. One spoke up and said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Uh, others say you're Elijah. Uh, but still others said Jeremiah and, or one of the prophets. So they were like J Thomas Jefferson. They were like, well, you know, he, he's a certain thing, but he's not everything. And uh, so then Jesus said, okay, uh, verse 15, but who do you say that I am? Gets very pointed. It goes from the macro to the micro. It goes from the general to the specific. It goes from population to personal. And he's going to each, and this is the thing I think is so interesting about the Lord. He sees us as individuals. We're not just a big blob of a, of a, of a movement of, a, of the human race, just a big blob of, you know, of, of people just uh, uh, on, on, the, just ex on an earthly existence. Genesis chapter 1 talks about our origin. It talks about our identity. It talks about our purpose. And it talks about our destiny. That's why the devil has hassled and attacked and antagonized that great book. I mean, Genesis is one of the most beautiful, historically accurate, poetical, genius works that has ever come to planet Earth. 
And as I said, those four key essentials, the, the, the why, the what, the who, the how, it, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's our origin. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Male and female, he created them. Then he made us in his image. That, that's our identity. I'm, I'm an offspring of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which he prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. Oh, and then there's that purpose. That purpose, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Name the animals, uh, Adam. Stay away from that tree, but I've got information and revelation and inspiration and illumination for you. Just get it the right way. Lucifer came in and tempted him. They unfortunately took the low road, took the wrong way. Humanity fell. Now, Walter Thord is here. He's had his 84th birthday. I've known him for many, many decades. He's walked stalwartly with God. So as I'm preaching, I know that Walter has heard these kinds of messages over and over and over again. But as I'm preaching, I notice he's listening, he's alert, he's happy to hear it. And uh, I think about all of us together as this message overlays in this atmosphere and, it, and, it, and the audio part of it comes into your hearing. He gives ears to hear, he gives eyes to see. And I pray what happened to Peter happens to you. Listen to what Peter said. He said, well, I say you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So he's, he's not just saying you're a prophet. I'm saying you're the Messiah. And the Messiah would be the son of God and the son of man. Now there's humanity and there's deity. Jesus is the unique person of the universe. And this is important that we understand these things so that as we go forward, we've laid up Christ in our hearts as a treasure and uh, so that when anybody asks us what, why we have hope, we'll, we'll give an account for the hope that's in us. We've got Connor Funk here and he's back from training in the military and we're happy that he's back and he's passed some tests and he's gotten his uniform and his mom and dad have been updating me and his brothers are awesome, the whole household and God has such interesting dynamics for each and every one of us. My wife had this prophetic word about how the devil comes to belittle and downgrade us. I think it's interesting that Crossley's reading this book. He's got his Bible and he's reading this, this book about making the big deal the big deal. You know, we, we've got so many, such a variety of people in our church, people from China today, people from Africa. We've got a friend from Cuba here, trained in the medical world, hungry for truth, hungry for God. We've got people here, I did your weddings decades ago and you're still married. I've dedicated your babies and they're going to come up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I just prayed for Carol who's having her fifth girl and I'm just so happy that they populated, single-handedly populated a huge percentage of St. Louis Family Church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Matt and Carol. I'm, I'm proud of Addison and Steve, 12 years into a marriage, and I can't really understand how Brian and Chelsea are still on their honeymoon a month later. <laughs> that's such is life, right? Such is life. Good thing she has favor with her boss. Uh, Peter said, 
You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And you feel something exuding from Jesus in verse 17. He goes, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Jackpot, bullseye, bingo, you nailed it. And I don't know how Connor feels about the test scores and stuff, but I had one last uh, history test to get my bachelor's degree from Missouri Baptist University. I had worked in all the classrooms. I didn't do any online work. I did all night school and going into class, physical class, because I'm old school. I just did, just preferred a teacher and that kind of atmosphere for learning. It was, it was a, more my learning style. But this one I had to, uh, to do online on, on a test to get my degree. So I had to do 250 years of US history. And I only have a three and a half pound brain. And it was hot, smoldering. And I was good with like, you know, from around Kennedy on, because I watched television. So it was imprinted in my head from, but all the other stuff, you know, the, the Tammany, Hall, Tammany Hall and the, I mean, I was pulling stuff, trying, I was amalgamating everything. I thought, how am I gonna be able to do this? And it was a 600 and something answer question, a, a test, 600 questions. And so this lady looked at me and she said, you can go into that private room. You sit in, up with the computer and, and you know, it'll take you about two and a half or three hours and um, we'll see how you do. And I was like, thank you. So I went in the room and I sat there super, I mean, I was, I was loaded up. I had studied, I had prepared and I, I typed, you know, it was multiple choice questions and there was like, these are trick questions. There are three answers of the four that could be viable. I was like, who made this test? So then I, and I would, you know, I tried to do my guessing skills and I did my study and, oh, I knew that one. You know, and, and uh, later I remember I knew one and it was like, no, it was the other one, you know. So I went through all of that. And then it got to the end of the test. Kind of like Caesarea Philippi, who, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? You know, which button are you going to push, Peter? So, at the end, it said, okay, you have two choices. You can find out the answer as to whether you passed or not, but you won't be able to take the test for six more weeks. Or if you do pass, you pass. So take, but, but, you, but you can't find out whether you got the answer. Now guess which one I did, which button I pushed. I, I, I had to know. I sat there and I went. And it came on. Green light, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. <laughs> Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father who's in heaven. I stood up, and I'm not kidding, man. I had an endorphin rush. I got up, I walked down the hall, and the lady, before I could see her, she said, you passed. And I, and I went, were you watching me this whole time? That, that kind of weirded me out. I was like, thank you. And uh, I got out to the car, got my cell phone. I called my sweetheart, who was my coach. I said, Patsy, I guess what? I passed the test. And for about two and a half to three minutes, I had an endorphin rush. And then it leaked out. And it's never been back again. You know what I mean? This is so exciting. Like, you go buy something, you got to have it. And then it's like, nah, whatever. Now I got to fix it, and I got to take care of it. I got to insure it. But with this... Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you. Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. 
But my heavenly father, my father who's in heaven, he brought revelation to you. Revelation, revealed knowledge. When we were kids, you know, we abbreviated everything. I'm from Southern California, so we, you know, we abbreviate stuff, you know, in the vernacular. And when we were young Christians, before we were married, uh, we called revelation knowledge. I abbreviated it to revnal. Everybody say revnal. There's a handful of you that relate to this. And uh, uh, the rest of you, it's like, that's weird. But it, 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 was, it was, I'm getting revnal on this verse, you know. And because the idea that instead of it just being dreary sort of religious literature and that God's word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, the entrance of his word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. His word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hey, guys, listen. The, the world has a viewpoint on Jesus. Some people think he's an ancient alien. Some people think he's a great guru. Some people think he was a teacher. Remember last week or the, two weeks ago, I talked to you about C, Oxford-educated C.S. Lewis, who in the 1940s on radio broadcasts on the BBC talked about this, and he had what was called a trilemma about who Jesus is because he was addressing the cynicism of the post-war Britain and Europe. He was addressing the emergence of, uh, of uh, existentialism and the sort of the dismal, skeptical, cynical attitude and the dismissive anti-God kind of thought that how could there be a God if our cities were all trashed and bombed and burned and so much savagery. And there was a collective unbelief and a cavern of, of defeat and doubt and hopelessness. But people like he and Tolkien emerged they were called the Inklings. They would meet at a pub and they would talk about the things of the Bible. And they both wrote, wrote allegorical, beautiful things about righteousness and good and evil and brought the balance to it and didn't blur the lines of it. And they, they, their Christianity informed them. This morning, there was a, uh, Sue and Louis Stevenson were here from South Africa and Louis actually grew up in the town where J.R.R. Tolkien is from in South Africa. So there's, there's that, and, and Lewis said to the people, he's either lunatic, liar, or Lord. He said, you, you, he said people that say Jesus was a good teacher, like President Jefferson, well, he was a good teacher, he taught us good ethics, let's sift out the miracles. That's so sensational, that's not, I don't, let's distance ourselves, let's just look at the ethics of it. That's not what Jesus came, he certainly was ethical, he certainly did things well, but he also had signs and wonders follow him. He was, he was a miracle worker. He was, his birth was a miracle, virgin birth. It was, his life was filled with supernatural elements, hallelujah. So he's not, you know, when he claims to be the son of God and the son of man, uh, no, no right-minded person would say that unless it was true. No right-minded person would say they were the Lord unless they're the Lord. Then they're either a lunatic or a liar, and, and he's to be dismissed. But he said he's neither lunatic nor a liar. He is the Lord. And Peter, Simon Peter said, you're the Christ. You're, you're it. You're, you're the pinnacle. You're what we've been looking for. In fact, to the Jewish mind, to say you're the Messiah, Christ is the Greek uh, Hellenized word for Messiah, Mashiach, 
in the Hebrew. You're the one we've been looking for. You're the son of the living God. He says, you're blessed for knowing this. Heaven and earth is heaven. You didn't get this from flesh. You got this from my father. And I say to you that you are Peter, Petros, and upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church. Now, a lot of, there's a lot of confusion about this, that at this point they thought people, certain people think the church is built on Peter, the apostle Peter. No, the church is not built on an individual person. The church, Jesus is the only true foundation, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. But it says here, he says, upon this rock, Petra, that's the revelation that Peter got. He says, you're Peter and you got a revelation, Revnal, that the gates, he says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. When the church is enriched with revelation knowledge, when our belief systems are built on something that God reveals to us, look, no one comes to the Father unless he draws them. Said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And he's, his electromagnetic draw got us all here. We're so, from so many, we're so diverse. People are looking for diversity. Look at this church. We've been diverse the whole time. We are such an eclectic group of people that God brings us together and we relate to and identify with this local expression of the church, St. Louis Family Church, and it's a body we're part of, and, and we grow together, and we, we trust God, and, 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 and the banker sits next to the biker, and the single mom with the, you know, with the, 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 the grandparent, and the, you know, the 96-year-old with a walker walking faster than the, than the kids, you know, and it's, it's like that. I love the nature of the church because I love the head of the church. And because we're rallying around someone who is significant, someone who is viable, someone who is historically documented, somebody who is present to help, and he in fact is fully God and fully man, I'm all in. Say, I'm all in. And so Peter called Jesus Messiah, son of the living God. Uh, the word became flesh. John chapter 1, verse 14. And, uh, you know, in, in, in Titus 2, 13, Paul called him great God and savior. There's so many points in the scripture to point to uh, Jesus being God in human form. And, and it is a profound and important thing. And he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. I got in my car and I was driving and I started binding the devil over my neighbors and loosing the blessing of God. I prayed for that one, I prayed for that one, I prayed for that one, and then this neighbor that came to church this morning said, did you pray for me? <laughs> he was the next one. I have been praying for him. I'm praying for my neighborhood. I'm praying for the young people of today. I'm praying that the barrage of deception and delusion breaks off of them, and instead, what, uh, there's an outbreak of a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Everybody say, Rev Nal. I pray the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I pray there'd be a spirit of wisdom and revelation of who Jesus is, of what Jesus has done, of what Jesus is doing. And that we, in this, in this from his death, burial, and resurrection to his, his, and then his ascension to his second coming, we're in this context called the church age, what the dispensationalists call the, the age of grace. And we're in such a fantastic environment and such an amazing, we've been birthed at such a significant period of existence. It's a privileged moment to be alive. 
And when the church comes to understand who he is, then we'll also come to understand who we are in him. And I'll eventually get to those elements, but I've got to lay this foundation. So you know beyond what Thomas Jefferson was trying to downplay. You understand C.S. Lewis's trilemma that no, he's not a lunatic, he's not a liar, he is the Lord. You, you learn what Peter said when he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, you got it. I pray that happens to each one of us. And I believe, in fact, there is a spirit of something called a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I believe he can help us in the decisions of our lives. My daughter just got married. My brother's going to get married next Saturday to Marcia. Marriages are happening. People that couldn't get married will get married. People that couldn't have babies will have babies. We'll see so much birthing in this church. While there's this population control and this attitude toward humanity, we'll see a great birthing and an upswing. I just talked to people, their little baby just first time to church. I just, you know, babies everywhere. Hallelujah. This is the fertility zone of the Midwest. I'm unapologetic about it because the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. I just flew from uh, one state across the southern states and I looked out and there's a lot of land available for people. Uh, God loves humanity. The devil hates the population surge because he doesn't want to see more and more people threatening to experience the joy that he forfeited and abandoned by being evil and being full of pride. Pride comes before the fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. And so that's why the devil is such a miserable foe. He demands, misery demands company. And he's trying to spread his message of hate and of alienation and of confusion all throughout humanity, like a poison, like a cancer. But Jesus is the cure, and the gospel is spreading. The good news is contagious. The gospel of the kingdom, Jesus, righteousness, peace, and joy. Jesus, God and sinners reconciled. Jesus, look at what it says in John chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. Listen, hear the word of the Lord. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God Believe also in me. Our belief system can be the cure for anxiety. if We have the right beliefs. I believe there's a God. Now, the Bible says the devil believes there's a God. Demons believe there's a God, and they tremble. And then there are people who have been swayed. And this is why I want to make St. Louis Family Church deception proof, because there will be false uh, Jesuses, false uh, messages. And so uh, I, I want to believe, God, you guys are so thoroughly equipped in your discerning that you operate in a, in a, in a good interpretation and rightly divide the word. If, you, if the Bible says handle it accurately, then it can be handled poorly. And, and if it can be rightly divided, then it can be wrongly divided. And this is where false doctrine and distortion and deception comes. But we can go to the plumb line of the word of God. You know, I've been looking at the, uh, the, some of the remodeling of our church. It, doesn't it look beautiful? Yeah. Greg Strothkamp painted the, the beautiful blue up here. And then Andrew Leak and Patrick Hamrick put up these, the, what's called wainscoting. You know, people say, well, what are you going to put in those picture frames? <laughs> but we're all about beautification. We're all about advancement. We're all about improvement. We're, we're not going to get stale. We're not going to get stuck. We're going to keep moving forward. And, and, and uh, just, just to, you know, just make, make things, you know, like the Bible says, God actually wants you and me, our lives, to adorn the gospel. doesn't mean we add something to it. 
doesn't mean we detract from it. It just means that our lives, we don't embellish. It's just that we are living a letter. We are known and read by all. We might be, you might be the only Bible a, a, a person will ever read. You're the carrier of the presence of God. I think about Connor in the military. Carry the gospel into that environment. Business owners, carry the gospel into your uh, entrepreneurial regime. Photographers, when you're, you're with people, pray for them. Med medical care people, lay hands on them, pray for them, trust God on the occasions where God may have you pray. Be bold. It's, you're all about the gospel. Don't, you don't have to be obnoxious, but you don't have to be threatened and back off. We are who we are by the grace of God. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus said, in my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. So he doesn't withhold. He gives information. For I go to prepare a place for you. I, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Isn't that good? You like that? Now listen to the rest of this. Thomas, who's having some struggles, he says, Jesus says, now you guys know the way where I'm going. Thomas asks the question, Lord, um, excuse me, we don't exactly know where you're going. How, how do we know the way? Glad you asked, Thomas, because Jesus said three things. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This is one of the most politically incorrect statements of our pluralistic, relativistic time we're living in. How dare you try to tell me your truth? My truth and your truth are different. Well, truth is a fixed item. God being the truth. His sanctify them in the truth, it says in John 17, I think verse 17, your word is truth. And uh, what I was going to say about the wainscoting is I teased the, the guys that we hired, you know, Tom, uh, Patrick and Andrew, both real rock solid committed guys, men in the church. And I said, uh, I'm going to test to see if they're level. <laughs> yeah, not to intimidate, I'm, I was playing around with them, sort of. Next thing you know, I come in, and they've got on this tripod this amazing uh, laser doodad that's shooting a line, like, all the way across the wall. And I came in, I was like, and I tried to, and I tried to stomp on that. Of course, it's on concrete, so it didn't move. And, and, I, and I just looked at it, and I looked at all this stuff, and I, and I would stand, because I, I, mean, I have an eye for this stuff. Patrick does too, actually. I could walk into a room and my wife will say, what, like, she said, what, what are wrong, what's wrong with those lamps? It's not the lamps, it's the mirror in the middle of it. It's, 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 uh, it's off. She said, I thought something was off. So I tried to move it and it was fixed on there. Oh, that messed with me. It's like, did they expect me to look in the mirror like that? You know? In Zechariah chapter 4, there's an anticipation of a global revival. And it, one of the statements, it's like a, an a analogy, that the, the plumb line is in the hand of Zerubbabel. Now, that sounds like Old Testament 
kind of obscure stuff that could fly right over our heads, like so much of the stuff I had to study for the 250 years of U.S. history, but it's actually really pertinent. Zerubbabel was a leader. The atmosphere was a season of repair, revival, renewal, restoration, and things had been skewed. Israel had not been obedient. Uh, They had had national crises. Um, There was struggle. Things were Things that were one time clear were confusing, and, but God was bringing order out of chaos, making the crooked paths straight. And one of the ways he was doing it was by having a plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. And when I was a kid, somebody gave me an old toolbox that they had built and because uh, I was remodeling my farmhouse, and it had a lot of old tools in it. It had a drill, you know, the hand drill with a big bit on it, you know, and a, and a knob. You know, it was all old school. It wasn't battery stuff. It was all, you know, from the, back in the day. And one of the tools I had never seen before was a long nylon cord knotted on both ends and a, a beautiful uh, metal uh, turned brass pointy thing that had the knot tied right in the center of it. And then it was, a, it was weighted. And when you held it, it worked with gravity so that you can get an exact 90-degree angle. Exact. Which really was amazing, and it was a blessing, and it was troubling, because the old 1924 farmhouse we had had settled so much that when I would walk up to the wall, it was letting me know things weren't quite right. (laughs) And it's a blessing in this hour that the word of the Lord is bringing clarity and straightening things out when things just aren't quite right. Lying, liars, deception, and deceivers all emanate. You're of your father, the devil. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So lying is elevated now to a style of life. There's so much deception, so much trickery, so much lying that as believers, our only hope is to go to the Lord, who is righteous and true, go to his word, which is emphatically accurate, go to the Holy Spirit, who takes from Jesus and reveals to us, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Three things before I finish. I've got about five minutes. Are you listening? Number one, if you're a note taker, write down number one, period, the way. Jesus is the way. The Greek word is hadas, hadas. And it means Jesus is the road. He's the road less traveled, but he's the road. He's the narrow path. There's a broad path that leads to destruction. There's a narrow path that leads right. And he's, he's the road. He's the way. He's the path. Um, another word for it would be the route or the route. You know, GPS, global positioning system, it'll help you out. But yesterday I was using it. And it was taking me down the wrong path. And, uh, but I'm telling you, God's positioning system never takes us down the wrong path. And uh, so he is, he's the way. That's why Thomas said, we don't know the way. I'll show you. The-. Jesus says, I'm showing you the way, Buster. Listen. He's showing the, the, this latter-day end-time church uh, how to walk, how to live. Some of you have been at this for so long. But you need to dust off your initial commitments and get refreshed. Some of you are brand new and you're trying to process this. 
like Pastor Patsy's words, some of you feel like, am I in there? Am I, am I doing it right? Is, does my life count for anything? The devil's working night and day as the accuser of the brethren to belittle, to discount, to try to de- lead us in temptation, to disqualify us. The good news is God surrounds us with favor. He'll bless the righteous. He'll surround you with favor as a shield, and he knows how to deliver the godly from temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13, with every temptation, he provides a way of escape. Can I hear a Hallelujah. Everybody say, Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. So in the, in the de- definition uh, of the way, it's how something is done or how it happens. You know, we, we, we Google and, and life hack, you know, how to make cauliflower soup, you know? I got to know how to make cauliflower soup. And here are the 10 steps to make cauliflower soup. Here's how to keep your Thanksgiving turkey from drying out. You know, get a, put an aluminum tent on it. Put the breast down. Let the juices go in there. Don't overheat it. You know, that kind of thing. Make sure the core temperature is 100 and whatever, 60 or 20 or whatever it's supposed to be that you don't get botulism. Here's a book over here, Life Hacking. In a business spectrum or a student spectrum, you know, get the why of a thing. And, you know, here's a young man who's coming through education in the military, has a certain engineering type aptitude, and he's going to go into, you know, into a field with that. Well, we are all called into a connection with God. John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is exclusive. This is specific. No Thomas Jefferson, you don't sift the vibrancy of the miracles out and the power of the Holy Spirit and just give us a little ethics code book. That is not what Jesus came to do. I, I respect you as the founding father of our nation. I don't agree with you as a theologian. Hey guys, there are people that are so wonderful, that are so sweet. And if they're dead wrong on this area this important, we've got to do what we can in a loving way, in a non-bigoted way, in a non-dogmatic way to be able to communicate with them adjustment sufficient to get them out of darkness, get them on track. I talked to a guy the other day. Oh, I got turned off by organized religion. I mean, I didn't, he, he had already known who I was from an introduction from a friend. I didn't know that. I sat down. I didn't have to say anything. He's already, well, I've, I, I don't like organized religion. I, I, I couldn't get more from God on my surfboard out in the ocean. He's a famous um, musician, one of the top keyboardists of rock and roll. And uh, I just, uh, okay. You know, and I, I know God visit him on his surfboard. Right? Since he said that's his cathedral, fill it with the anointing. God who made the water, God who made the sky, God who made the material for the board, God who gave him a human body. Get him, God. (laughs) On his surfboard, Jesus who walked on water, if you want, would you walk up on him on that board and say, hey, I heard you have church out here. I wanted to come see you. (laughs) That's my God. You won't believe what happened to me. Oh, yeah, I believe it. I'm a believer. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He said, I am the way, the truth, 
The word truth is a, the Greek word aletheia, aletheia. And it's a fact that has been verified. It's conformity to reality or actuality. It's a fact that has been verified. There, you know, he revealed himself by many infallible proofs. The resurrection did occur. It was not falsified. The, the, the Romans, it would be a death sentence for them to have allowed someone to come and steal his body. His body was not stolen by humanity. It was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. And since that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he'll give life to your mortal body. Bodies are being healed as I'm preaching about Jesus because he's the healer. And that's the truth. Conformity to reality or actuality. Here's another one. Worthy of being depended on. Truth is something that is worthy of being depended on. So when I started using the plumb line in my farmhouse, what I did then is I got a, a, a floor jack and four by fours at the hardware store and I started to raise up the floor joists and get the, the, the building leveled. And I had to put a bunch of them under there. And maybe in your life, you feel like things have been rickety and skewed. My kids remember I took a marble and uh, it was a cat's eye puree and I took a marble and I put it on the edge of the wall, and I said, watch this, kids. And I, I put it down, and it went We love that We love the old farmhouse, but you'd walk in, and it would run you into the kitchen. Get you up in the living room, and then get you on the couch. But the, but the kingdom that we're in, the kingdom that we're in is level, man. It's right angular. At right angular. It's, it's level. So when I was, and I'm teasing these guys. They're great workers, and they, they're, they're meticulous. They're like, it's great to have, when you have a surgeon, you want them to be a perfectionist. And these guys, they're not cutting any corners. And, and, uh, but, I, you know, I teased them. It's like, and I would stand there, and I'd look at it, and think, no, no. This thing doesn't lie. It is level. And we tested it and retested it. Now, some of you are going to geek out and you're going to be looking at the, the frames. When are you going to put the pictures in the frames? And you're going to be going, I don't think this one's level, Pastor Jeff. Go ahead and scrutinize and you can talk to Patrick and Andrew about it if you like. <laughs> but get on this. Jesus is the way. He's the hodo. He's the, he's the way. The hodas. He's the Aletheia, he's the truth. He's the truth. In music terms, we got to just hear these tones. It's in tune. It's accurate in pitch. All these guys are meticulous. You even tune drums. Scott even tunes his drum heads. Uh, Dale tunes his bass. David tunes his Fender. Eric tunes his Gibson. Now, Holly stays on pitch. Aaron, we're praying for Aaron. I don't know what's up with him. Aaron's a music teacher. He's the one that can hear everything. Aaron's awesome. He's a handsome man. But uh, I, I read that George Harrison used to, he used to be adamant. In fact, I heard, a, you know, 
an outtake of a, of a video, a film of, and he said, uh, the bass is out of tune. And then you heard Paul go, that's not out of tune. You know, you're out of tune. And then sure enough, it was out of tune. And then it was like, he got quiet. It wasn't even like, thank you or anything. Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit will help us to be true, be on tune? I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And the life, and I close with this. Jesus is the life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life. Young people, listen. The reason your parents are making you come to church is because they're required to raise you up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Do not run from it as soon as you get more independence. Run to Jesus as you mature and take on individuality and your independence and stay dependable on him because he's dependable. Well, I don't want to be dependent on anything. I'm my own man, I'm my own woman, I'm terrible. Been there, done that. We need Jesus. Let's all stand up on our feet and say this. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Now listen, you're gonna run into people that are, that are involved with cultic doctrine. We have. I've talked to loads of people from the Unification Church, from, from, uh, from uh, uh, the, the Mormonism, from, from Jehovah's Witness, from back in the day, from the, the Way, and from uh, the, uh, the Children of God. I talked to, I've talked to loads of people, and they, they, they respond to love, they respond to value, they don't respond to harshness, but they do respond to love. So as we're engaged in this, see there are people that oh, I think there might be a God, I don't know, I'm an agnostic, I'm an atheist. There's even now a new movement called Nons, N-O-N-E-S, Nons. They're not agnostics, they're not atheists, they're nothing. See, in a crisis, research has proven that 10% of the people do the right thing, 10% of the people do the wrong thing, and 80% of the people do nothing. So for example, there was a fire in a subway in London and smoke was billowing up the, the, the escalator and people were reading their paper with their little bowler hats and their little umbrellas and their black suits getting on the escalator and going into the smoke. That's 10% doing the wrong thing. There were other people that looked at it and said, I'm not going in there. That's 10% doing the right thing. And then there were people just standing around watching the smoke, they're doing nothing. And the world is kind of numb. And I'm on an anti-zombification crusade. I don't want people under my watch to have the, have a, the, the, the switch turned off. We, we, we don't need to be worried. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Your belief system will stabilize you and get, pull you up out of depression. Your belief system will stabilize you and pull you back out of anxiety. Like there's stuff that's been bugging me and I've had to go to the word and repent and get my heart right and get my mind renewed so that I'm not agitated about it. And I've had to talk myself in through stuff. And then there's times when I've been down and I've had to talk myself out of that with the word, right? And then there's so much deception out there that it's like, what do we carry? Because we're not cultic and because we're trying to be orthodox with our approach in the scriptures, we've got to take the plumb line and say, okay, 
or get Patrick and Andrew's super cool laser electro thing and trust that God's global positioning GPS, God positioning system is valid and viable and that he always and only leads us into the truth. The Holy Spirit is here as our teacher to help us. Are you with me? So that the people that you and I, look, I had three friends die in the last few days. We just had dinner with Mylon Lefevre. I love that guy. I met him in, right when he dedicated his life to the Lord in the 80s. His guitar player was in a band that I, I ministered to back before we were married and Dean Harrington. And they got together and Mylon called me and we, we had him come in and do one of the first concerts of his beginnings. And I was with him. He just died two days ago. He's present with the Lord, almost 80. Little beautiful, awesome, amazing Lucy Dolan, who in, at 19 years old, has a paralysis from falling in the Tetons, but never whined or complained. I never heard her complain one time. She had some use in one of her arms. So during the flood days, she would be in the line pouring soup with a ladle to feed the volunteers. She couldn't go in and clean up the houses, but she could make sure she could fill up the volunteers. She taught school, second grade, after she was in her wheelchair. I mean, this room was jam packed with people and her testimony reverberated throughout the, the whole environment. I, I think people will never be the same. Rick Giroux helped paint and work and got attracted to our church through one of our efforts back in the day. He and his wife got saved. He just went to be with the Lord. They're on the other side cheering us on. They're on the other side reaching these conclusions that we're having to grapple with, looking through a glass darkly, but eventually face to face. You say, Pastor Jeff, I thought you were gonna finish at 1045. I know, but you're such good listeners. I just get so excited. Say this with me, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father, but through Him. But through Him, I can be saved. Through Him, I can have a relationship with God. Through Him, I can, do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now let's, let's pray. Lord, help us not to be the 80% who do nothing. Help us not to be the 10% who do the wrong thing. Sharpen us so we'll be the people that do things well. We, we hit the mark. God, and I pray you protect and aid and deliver. We prayed, we repented, we humbled ourselves. Now God, may this be the best week we've ever had since we were born. God, we go out with joy. We're led forth with peace. He makes his face shine on you. God bless you today. Have a good day. Hallelujah. Thanks for coming to church. Thank you, Jesus.